Hey there, welcome back to the London, Ontario Real Estate Podcast. My name is Phil Bailey. I'm a realtor in London. Today, I am talking to a local real estate lawyer, a lawyer that I've happened to been my lawyer in the past, helped lots of my clients out. I have the famous Jordan Overholt on the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Uh, maybe just give me a little bit, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself, Jordan. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, so like you said, my name is Jordan Overholt. I'm a real estate lawyer here in London, Ontario. Uh, quick, quick bio. I grew up in London, born and raised here. Uh, I went to the University of Western Ontario for my undergraduate degree, took a law course, just, you know, on the fly, loved it. Uh, wrote my LSAT, went to Queens, articled, came to London, worked at a mid-sized firm that did real estate for a few years, liked it a lot, and then I went out on my own. So it's been about five years now. I've been a sole practitioner here in London. I do exclusively real estate law these days. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jordan, for joining today. I know, you know, I've definitely sent a lot of clients uh, to you over over the years and you've always been exceptionally helpful and always helped out when when they need it. I think the one time I remember you calling me was about 10 p.m. at night and you called me to tell me about a problem, which I thought, you know, the lawyer's calling me. That's, you know, probably there's an issue here, but you solved it just like the magician that you are. And I always appreciate all your help. So definitely wanted to get you uh, in uh, talking on on the podcast today. So Jordan, first question I have, we're in a bit of a changing market. You know, I've, I've heard of some deals, luckily not our deals, but I've heard of some deals just not going through because a buyer just decides to walk away from a deal. Maybe they've decided, hey, I'm not even going to put in my deposit. Other times they put in the deposit and at the last minute they decide to walk away from the deal. Can can they do this? And what are the consequences that they're going to face if they get into that type of situation as a buyer? Yeah, so uh, none of it's good. Um, so first of all, the deposit's gone, right? So if you're a buyer, you put a deposit down, you sign a firm agreement of purchase and sale, and you don't close on your own volition. You just walk away. Uh, your deposit's gone. Um, if, Going beyond that, the seller will then resell the property to somebody else. They have a duty to find you know, the fair market value, the best value they can get. And if they get uh, a purchase price that's less than what this first buyer agreed to pay, the first buyer sued for the difference. Right. So, um, and you know, with this market, with what we've seen with real estate prices, they go up and down. I mean, you know, the, the difference, the amount you could be looking at being sued for, um, is considerable, right? Five, six figure sums, right? And you go to a place like Toronto or, you know, Vancouver where, uh, well, Ontario, we'll keep it Ontario, uh, Toronto where, where purchase prices are huge. It can be a six figure sum you're facing and it's a very easy case to win in court. Right. So, um, you know, advice to all clients. I mean, luckily none of none of ours, but um, I have had I have had clients in the past. Right, the advice is always do whatever you can to close because you don't want you don't want that liability. Right, following after you choose to walk away. That makes sense, and I, I could see that being even more damaging if you were in a multiple offer situation where you had another offer ready to go and then they couldn't accept that because they accepted your offer because it was better and then they're in a, a heck of, of trouble and i've seen that before where someone comes back to maybe the the second offer and says hey can we move forward with the deal and they say oh, actually 
I decided to buy another property in the meantime, or why, why are you coming back to me now? There must be something wrong. And I, I think avoiding that is just better for, for all cases. I understand sometimes it's very difficult to avoid, but I have seen that a little, I've heard about it more and more. Luckily my clients haven't been doing that, but I have heard about it more and more and it gets into a bit of a sticky situation for that. And Jordan, too, what are what are some of the pitfalls? You you're a real estate lawyer. You see lots of transactions happening every week. What are some of the pitfalls you think you should avoid when buying or selling a home? Other than hey, just walking away from the deal for no reason. Is there anything else you're you're seeing that could be uh, dangerous for a buyer or a seller? Yeah, uh, on the buyer side, right. Um, I know getting an actual home inspection is not always possible, right? Depending on the market conditions, right? Um, but you've got to take a look at the property um, and make sure, right, that everything that's important to you there works and and is in good condition. Um, I have had deals in the past, again, not ours, but I've had deals in the past where people have bought the property without inspecting it, without looking at it. Um, you know, just looking at the outside of it. And then you get to the closing day or the final inspection, you know, two or three days before closing and they find something they're not happy with, something that may be expensive to fix. And there's nothing you can do at that point, right? So um, inspecting it, um, either yourself, somebody you trust, hiring an inspector, all that stuff's very important. Um, I think for the, the seller, on the seller side, the thing that I see sometimes is sellers, they'll put in their sale agreement uh, a representation and warranty that everything's in good working order on closing. There have been no water leaks in the house, you know, you, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, every now and then I'll get a seller who didn't actually read those representations and warranties. And it turns out, right, um, again, it's usually on the final inspection for some reason, like two or three days before closing, they find out, you know, the buyer, oh, there was this issue. It existed before they put the offer in. The seller knew about it somehow. It can cause problems. So for sellers, just be very aware of what you are promising in the agreement, what you're saying you actually know to be true about the property. If you don't know, don't include those clauses. Uh, don't guess, basically, right? Because they can come back to bite you. In the end. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think one thing you mentioned there is you find out a lot of, about these issues at that final walkthrough that's usually just a few days before closing. This is something that I've been telling my buyers that we absolutely need to do right before closing. And we need to, I usually put two walkthroughs in my offers because I can do one for take a look at the property, obviously look at anything's massively different than when we first saw it. But then also we can take a look at the appliances, make sure that they're still there, make sure it looks like the person's moving out. Those kinds of questions. I think that final walkthrough is so essential. And some people don't think about it as I think as important as it is. And I've had some issues where little things, you know, a fixture goes missing and you know, what is that a fixture, a chattel? We've had a couple of those, I think. And it, you know, oh. that can be annoying, but we're talking something that's much more major than that. That could be the fridge is gone or the <laughs> something's gone that wasn't supposed to be gone. Or I had one where they took a lot of mirrors with them. There was one where they took the bathroom mirrors with them completely and we saw that on final walkthrough. We we talked to them and they fixed the issue before closing. So it's not an issue that we have to think about after the money has moved. It can be fixed before. And most people are pretty reasonable, but there are yep. some some interesting situations that I think everyone kind of gets gets involved in. So that's I, I think I think that's a really good idea of, of what generally we need to be doing. And another thing too that I've been talking to you a lot more about lately is condos. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's 
condos people are buying because they're getting maybe squished in a certain price point. Also, people just sometimes literally like to live downtown and that's where the condos are available. So I've had some clients move forward with the condo purchase. I'm curious, I know the status certificate is really important. That's something that we always put a condition in for or, or get someone, a real estate lawyer like yourself to review it before we're putting an offer in if possible. Sometimes they don't have the status certificate and we need to put it as a condition, which I find really annoying because it takes 10 days sometimes to get it. Then you yep. need time to review it. Then we need to talk to the client. So it can be a, a little tough, but I also understand it. It's you don't want to order it too early either. So tell us a little bit about what the buyer can do to protect themselves when they're buying a condo in particular, Jordan. Yeah. So you want to get a hold of the status certificate. That in in my view is you know, and it's it is essential, right? Even if you have a cash deal. Um, you need to know in the status certificate from looking at it, you know, what are the actual condo fees? I've seen, you know, discrepancies, um, discrepancies that sometimes, you know, actually matter. Um, you need to know, um, you know, is there current insurance? Like, does the condominium, depending on the type of condominium, does it have building insurance? Is it valid? Um, you want to know, are there any lawsuits? You know, I've, I've in the past, distant past, I've, I've had deals where, you know, somebody, uh, has a status certificate, we get it, and you see litigation uh, present, like, you know, there's notations, the condo's being sued for this or that, right, a slip and fall or construction issues. And I've actually had lenders for those buyers say, we're not lending anymore. Um, so you can lose your financing because the lender will want to look at that status certificate too. So it's good to get it at the forefront of the deal while in your conditional period, take a look at it and then know, you know, are there issues here? Then the person, the buyer can take that and go to their lender or their mortgage broker and say, hey, okay, this is the type of litigation. Is this going to be a problem? So it's very important from the get-go. Look at that stuff. Review it with your mortgage broker and lender, your lawyer. Uh, know what you're getting yourself into because condos are, in my opinion, you know, much more complex. There's a lot more going on that you need to be aware of than just a standard single-family residential home. Yeah, and I think I think that is something that some people say, oh, it's good. I'll review it. And I've even had real estate agents say, oh, I took a look at the status certificate and I'll never, I'll say, I'll take a look at it, but I need someone like Jordan to also look at it because I can't look at it from a legal perspective. And I think one of my, my most popular lines I say is, hey, I'm not a lawyer, so you should probably talk to a lawyer about this particular thing. I'm kind of, as a real estate agent, I find I'm the, the real estate generalist a lot of the time, right? I know... A, a little about a lot of different stuff, but then we bring in experts like yourself. And obviously we, you talked about a home inspector, obviously a mortgage expert, those types of things throughout that process. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting on that. I, I, we kind of touched on this next question I had, but I'm curious about what the process is. So what if you do the final walkthrough and the fridge and the stove and the dryer is gone and they were supposed to be included? What do you, what happens next in that situation? Uh, so, so yeah. So the one thing I tell clients when they go for their final walkthrough pictures and videos are extremely important, um, for the, for this reason. So if you go there and your final walkthrough, you notice the fridge is gone, right? Take a nice picture, text it to me, email it to me. We reach out to the seller's lawyer and, uh, you send the pictures and the video say, Hey, this is missing. What's going on? I'll say 99.9% .9 of the time, that issue gets resolved before the money is even transferred. Okay. And it's usually nothing bad. It's usually the seller, there's a misunderstanding and the seller thought they could take it or, you know, it's a, it's a miscommunication, but it's usually returned. 
Um, or if something's not working, you know, a, a stove is broken, we'll do a price adjustment. Um, it's, it's, that's why the, these final, it goes back to the final walkthrough, right? It's, it's massively important. And if there is a final walkthrough in a deal, the chances that something is going to arise after closing, that's a problem. Very, very, very low. Um, so it's between the lawyers, the law offices, we work together um, to find a solution. And, and like I said, 99.9% .9 of the time you can find a solution. 0.1% of the time there's some issues, but even still, um, I've been practicing almost 10 years and I could count on probably one hand the number of deals I've had where we couldn't get a resolution and everybody was unhappy at the end. So um, luckily, you know, it, it's nice, a real estate bar and, and you know, the real estate community, right? And uh, we all kind of work together and everybody seems to be happy at the end of the day. Yeah, I see that a lot with if you if you keep doing that over and over again in a place like London as as large as London has become, it your reputation can kind of uh, get impacted pretty quickly as a real estate agent if you if you start yep. saying, "Ah, the mirrors, uh, well, they weren't really that important, right?" Like we'll just take them yep. out and then I think, you know, a lot of the time we need to have those conversations before the closing, obviously, and that's why we do it. So, again, you kind of touched on this next question I had, but I am curious cuz We've seen this, I think, happen a little bit, especially in a changing market where mortgage financing is being impacted for multiple reasons. Interest rates going up. Maybe someone didn't realize, hey, I'm qualifying at this at this new rate. Maybe someone didn't put a condition in for financing and they really should have. So what would happen on if the buyer doesn't hold up their end of the deal on closing and say they just can't close on time? What happens in that case if you're working, say you're representing a seller in that case, how would you deal with something like that when the buyer just says, ah, my mortgage, it's almost there, but I need a, an extra few days? How does that usually work? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. So it, it's, you know, it depends on the circumstances, right? But most often I'll say it's that the buyer, so if the client is, is the buyer, my client's the buyer, um, you know, the mortgage agent will say, look, paperwork submitted, they're going to need another week. You would then approach the seller's lawyer and you'd explain what's going on. Um, usually what I will ask clients for is some kind of documentation to prove that they have a mortgage. Because the seller's lawyer, the first thing they're going to say is, well, you need this extension for a week. Like, is is your mortgage just in, in the process of being put together? Or have you been rejected from your mortgage? Do you have to go find a, a new lender? Like, those are two very different situations. Um, I will say in my experience, like, you know, everybody, every lawyer I've dealt with understands that, that, you know, the lending environment is, um, a little turbulent right now. So, you know, a few days of an extension is usually not a problem unless you've got people who are, you know, you're buying from them and they're selling to you so they can take the money and buy on the same day. That's another, um, it's another, uh, uh, spider web of, of problems. But, uh, like I said, you know, I've, most problems can be fixed. Like I said, I can count on one hand in 10 years, the number of deals that have been unfixable. And, you know, there's big, big issues after closing. So we usually get an extension or work out some kind of deal. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's what the lawyers are there for, right? At the end of the day, um, partly. And um, yeah, and we can, we can get the deal done. But yeah, the short answer is you'd be asking for an extension and you would expect the seller's lawyer is going to ask you, okay, give me some kind of proof you have a mortgage in the works, right? We got to know you actually have financing that you're not just without financing totally because a one-week extension is not going to do it. To get a mortgage, like, you, you know from dealing with the the, the current market uh, it, 
the current market, right? Current buyers, they're saying it's taking like a month to get financing, right? So if you don't have a mortgage at all a week before closing, the extension you need is not going to be a week, right? It's going to be like a month. Yeah. So it it just depends on the circumstances, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, we, we can solve those problems. Most people at extension of a few days is not a problem. And if it is a problem, we're able to solve it with some kind of alternative agreement. Yeah. And honestly, Jordan, that's why I give you a lot of credit too, because I, I think that in a lot of times a deal goes totally smoothly and the lawyer just does their thing, right? And everything's perfect. But I think the reason why you want a good real estate lawyer is because you're almost like a firefighter sometimes <laughs> and you come in and you put out fires. Same with me in a lot of ways, right? If the deal goes totally smoothly, I've had a few where it's just this beautiful, there's not a hiccup. I say to every client, there's probably going to be one hiccup that we're going to have to solve throughout this process. But sometimes they're not. It goes so beautifully and everything closes and it it seems like I did less work, I guess, in a way. But I think one of the things I always say is it's important to have the expertise. So it's not about how many hours you put into it. It's more about if if things hit the fan, will you be there to help? And I think speaking of the podcast, I know you can't toot your own horn too much, Jordan, but honestly, every single time there has been an issue, you found a way to solve it. And calling me at 10 o'clock after I played tennis, I think for a little while and say, what the heck the, the lawyer's calling me? Usually it's it, trying to get a hold of the real estate lawyer is the biggest, the biggest issue sometimes of, well, we work nine to five and you know, we have that kind of situation where I've seen some of that, where I think you're worth your weight in gold when things hit, hit the fan. And if it doesn't hit the fan, great, cool. You got to avoid that, right? But it's almost it almost seems like an insurance policy in a lot of ways for for having that person in your in your corner. I guess you could say the same as real estate agents sometimes as well. Anything Absolutely. else, Jordan? Is there anything else you wanted to share just in terms of what someone can do to prepare themselves for buying a house? Maybe they when does the lawyer I guess when does the lawyer usually get involved in the transaction and those kinds of questions I always have and usually I, I think it depends on the transaction but I am always curious on on what your tips are for for that yeah I think um, you know so the, the big thing the lawyer comes in after you found your your property uh, with your realtor right you've you've signed your agreement um, and if it's conditional on things like financing or home inspection usually the the paperwork's not sent to the lawyer's office until those conditions are waived, right? Because we want to know it's a firm deal. Then you send it to the law office because you don't want them to begin work on something if conditions aren't going to be waived, right? It's not not good. So um, I, I'd say, uh, like I said, you know, inspecting the property, um, doing research into things like what is it going to cost, right? Legal fees, disbursements, HST, that side of it, right? Because you have to plan that's in addition to your uh, your down payment and if you have any land transfer tax to pay. So, you know, just FYI for all your listeners, right? You can just reach out to a law office. Real estate lawyers will have a list of, of fees so they can go through everything, uh, the buyers, and kind of make sure they have their their cash set aside. It's usually not a problem, but that's that's one thing. Um, inspecting the property is is another. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a about it. Oh well, the third one. Um, you you always do this with your clients, so so it's all good. But I've, I found there's a few like new agents every now and then, right? Like you'll see kind of the what happens when they they take a buyer in, and what I've seen is sometimes the buyer um, is not told. 
check all the appliances to make sure they're working, right? It looks kind of weird, but like, you know, turn the tap on, turn the stove on, make sure everything works. Um, uh, it just little things like that, because it, just detecting any of those little problems up front, um, it, it's that, that alone is going to save you a lot of grief later on, right? Because again, if you come to the final inspection and it's the first time where you're testing a stove or you're testing a light and it doesn't work, sometimes there can be an argument about, you know, the buyer saying, hey, that never worked, right? Like I listed the property with that issue. So you're taking it with that issue. Um, so it, it, little things like that, it, 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 but most of it's most of it's fine, right? The final walkthrough is the big thing. Yeah, and I, I always try to put a, a, a chattel uh, <laughs> clause in that, you know, the chattels need to be in good working order. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes as when I'm representing buyers, obviously I'll do everything I possibly can. If they want to sign off that everything is working and the house is perfect and there's nothing issue yeah. with it, go ahead. Right. I think there's some standard things that are included usually that I do and if they strike them out. They usually give me a good, a good reason why I think also, yeah, do that test. And this is why I'm a huge proponent of home inspections because I can get, a home inspector in there that's that and and I know not every home inspector is created equally the home inspectors that I work with are excellent they've been doing home inspection <laughs> longer than I've been alive I believe one of them definitely has been and they get in there and they just know everything they know things I've never mm -hmm. had them be asked a question where they don't know the answer to, right? Uh, the, the, the home inspector I've been working with a lot lately, Dave Kelly in London, he's amazing. The guy knows everything. He knows the history. He's like a, he's like an archaeologist of homes, I always say, because he goes in and he knows this year of home is going to have these issues. And then he tells me, and it's great, because then I get to go to a, a walkthrough with someone just as viewing homes, and I can say, hey, watch out for aluminum wire in the 70s. Watch out for this at a certain era. Watch out, what is your foundation made out of in this era, right? And then I learn, but I'm not a home inspector. Then we bring in the home inspector, and it just creates, again, it's like an insurance policy for you to a certain degree. I know mm -hmm. they can't cut behind walls and they can't do a lot of those huge things that you see on homes on homes, but most of that's pretty ridiculous. And most of the time yeah. you just want to look and say, Hey, is there a leak coming from the bathtub? Maybe you need to cock the bathtub, right? Things like that. It just seems pretty normal. And, and if you can, I mean, I know there was a certain time in the market where we just couldn't really do home inspections. And what we were doing in that case is usually we we're doing a pre inspection before even the offer date. Which sucked. It wasn't great, but it was something that we could do. And, you know, I've told listeners before, I did a home inspection with Dave when I bought my house. I didn't, I would see hundreds of houses a year and I still got Dave in there and he found some stuff and told me some stuff that I didn't know. Right. So I yep. think that there's such an essential part of that, whether don't just throw caution in the wind and just go in firm without knowing what you're doing. Right. I think that's a huge thing about that. And, yeah, you can do the final the final walkthrough to test those things, but it's again, it's not a home inspection, so you might be missing something. But look at those, yep. <laughs> look at that fridge. If it's not freeze, freeze is not working, and it's leaking all over the place. You might have an issue that you want to talk to the lawyer with before before you close. Uh, that's awesome, yep. Jordan. That's a really good a really good I think overview of how a real estate lawyer is so essential to the transaction. And also, I appreciate you taking the time to go through all that with me. So more of a fun part of the podcast that I always like to to say. So this will be London real estate lawyers top list of cool places to visit in London. So it's not doesn't have to be a top three list. You're not putting someone over someone else. But what I always say is 
Just give me a few recommendations of places that you like in London, whether it's a restaurant, a store, a place to go with the family, something someone listening to the podcast would find useful, Jordan. So Jordan's Real Estate Lawyer of London, top list of London attractions. Here we go. London. Okay. London attractions here. I would say downtown restaurant. My favorite one's Church Key. I love Church love Key. It. It's great. great yeah. One. Patio's nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, one that's it's closer to where I live. I live in the in the southwest end. So uh, Dolcetto. It's an Italian restaurant. Um, very, very, very nice. Uh, my wife's Italian. So we always, you know, she cooks Italian all the time. So anyway, she nice. takes me to the restaurants. It's, it's good. Those are the two I would recommend. Nice. I love that. Yeah. And I, I can't believe that you're as slim as you are after eating all that Italian uh, food over the years, Jordan. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. That's I love that. Yeah. The patio church key is amazing. I haven't been there for a while. It's been, you know, difficult to, to get, to get actually do things in my life with a baby, but in general, it's, uh, it's been cool to, to be able to visit all those places in London. And we actually were downtown, last last weekend and i felt i said wow queen street is uh is or queen's ave i don't know what it's called but anyways it's open you can drive all the way through again and you can get through some of the construction but soon enough we're into september now so we'll be through construction season soon enough jordan and uh yep. thank you so much for joining the podcast i really appreciate it i hope everyone listening uh can i'll put jordan's contact info in the in his website into the show notes so if you have a question or you're looking for a real estate lawyer you can definitely get in touch with jordan uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can text me 226-977-2348. My name is Phil Bailey. I'm a real estate agent in London with the House Sigma team. I also have my information. You can go to my website at www.philbailey.ca. Hope everyone has a great day and thanks so much for listening. Thank you.